0: We're going to dive right into the Word of God this morning. So if you have your Bibles, take them and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 14. We're going to be in a familiar text this morning, and then we'll begin in Gospel of Luke, chapter number 14. And if you are able to, go ahead and stand. You say, Brother Andrew, I'm at home. I'm in my pajamas, or I'm drinking a cup of coffee, or I'm eating a breakfast burrito, or cinnamon roll, or whatever the case is. Well, if you're able to... We're going we're to treat this just like we were sitting here in the auditorium. As I'm looking out at empty chairs, I'm, I'm picturing and imagining people sitting in their place uh, ready for church, ready to worship God. And so if you could please stand. <clears throat> Amen. As you find your place there, Luke chapter number 14, we're going to begin reading in verse number 25. The Bible says this, And there were great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, This is Jesus Christ speaking here, If any man come to me, and and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. I want to draw your attention to verse number 28 this morning, where we'll kind of get the crux, if you would, of the message and the thought this morning I believe God has for us. In verse number 28, the Bible says this, Jesus says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, setteth not down first, and counteth the cost? whether he have sufficient to finish it. Oh, Lord willing, this morning I'm going to preach a message entitled this, Counting the Cost. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to meet. Lord, I know that we're not meeting in a traditional way because of the weather, because of the ice, the temperatures. Lord, I pray that as people have met at home this morning, gathered around a TV or a computer or a cell phone or an iPad, whatever the case might be, uh, that you would speak to their heart. Lord, even at home, In an unfamiliar place on a Sunday morning where normally we congregate together in corporate worship, we're sitting at home. And I pray that you'd speak to our heart, Lord. Challenge us from the Word of God and specifically as we look at this passage of Scripture and look at the words of Jesus Christ. And Jesus saying this, counteth the cost. Lord, help us to realize the importance of the decisions in our life. Help us to realize the importance this morning as we begin a new year, 2022, that we would count the cost in living and serving you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you haven't already sat down. <clears throat> Everything in life uh, costs something. I believe we would agree to that. We know we just came out of uh, Christmas, and obviously many parents, uh, grandparents would agree, yes, things cost. Everything costs. Presents cost. Uh, uh, different things, gifts that were given and received, they have a cost. Nothing is free in life. And, and even if we were... Um, And even if uh, the things that we pursue don't necessarily cost a monetary value or have a monetary gain, uh, it still will cost us our time and our effort and our attention. And so we begin a new year in 2022. This is obviously January 2nd. And in this new year, maybe we've come into the new year with some new commitments or some new determinations and some new commitments and determinations like what, Brother Andrew? Well, I wrote down just three that I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, Number one, probably one, that most people make in beginning the new year is this, a commitment or a determination to lose weight, amen? I mean, many people throughout their life, every year rolls around, the new year rolls around, and they make a commitment or they make a determination to lose weight. But going in, in order for us to lose weight, it's going to cost us some things. And it's going to cost us some of our favorite snacks. You can't have those Twinkies and Ho-Hos out of the cafe every Sunday night after service. It's going to cost us those late night trips to the freezer for the ice cream. It's going to cost us some physical discipline in terms of exercise. And, and for us to lose some weight, no matter how much weight we desire to lose, it's going to cost us some things. But they're not just losing weight. Now, Here's another example I thought about this morning is this financial stability. I mean, being able to be financially secure is a good goal. It's a good, it's a good goal to have. It's a good determination, a good commitment. But being financially secure, it's going to cost us some things. So what is it going to cost, Brother Andrew? It's going to cost us to focus more on our needs rather than our wants. We've got to focus on the needs that we have to supply uh, our family and uh, supply the things that God's given us and and to be a blessing to the house of God, be a blessing to others. But it's going to cost us patience as we save and put money back and and it's going to cost us some time and discipline. And when it comes to a budget and sticking with a budget and if we're truly going to be uh, financially stable in 2022, it's going to cost us some things. But how about this, what about our career, career goals, or, or maybe a business, we we're managing a business, we want to see our business expand and our career expand. Listen, even those the things, those determinations this year, they're going to cost us some things. Uh, it's going to cost maybe some extra time at work, putting forth some extra effort at work in a society, let's be honest. Uh, where work is, is kind of a, a, a not a friendly word, if you would. People just don't seem to want to work nowadays. Uh, maybe if, in order for us to expand in our career and our growth and in our business, it's going to take some extra work and some extra effort. Maybe it's going to mean some extra certificates or some extra endorsements, maybe going back to, to school and maybe some extra schooling. But if we're going to advance in our career or if our business is going to go to a higher level, there's going to be, there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost. No matter what commitment or determination we've made in 2022, it's going to cost you and I something. The same holds true in the spiritual realm, if you would. If we're going to be spiritual, if we're going to have this walk and this commitment, this closeness with God, there's going to be a cost. Now listen, I understand this morning that salvation is free. No, no, we understand this morning, <coughs> excuse me, that the salvation that God offers is absolutely free. It doesn't, it, there's not a cost in the sense for me. I, I don't have to, I don't buy salvation. I don't have to do certain works to get salvation. No, no. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 9 clearly testifies to that fact. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. So we know this morning that salvation is free But there's a cost to being a Christian. There's a cost to living that dedicated Christian life. Being a Christian, or living, if you would, the the dedicated, sold-out, separated Christian life is going to cost you and I. Because when we become born-again Christians, listen, salvation is free, but to live a dedicated Christian life, there's going to be some sacrifice. There's going to be some cost on our part, on our part this morning. Now listen, there's going to be some struggles. There's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some frustrations. There's going to be some setbacks. There's going to be some uh, 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 some conflict, if you would. And if we're not careful this morning, we allow those things to dictate how we live and how we walk with God. We allow those things to affect us in such a way that we're not willing to pay the cost to live for God. And God desires this morning that not only that we would pay the cost, but that we would accept the cost, if you would, understanding this, that God is God has a perfect and a holy plan for our life. Listen, there's going to be victories in our life. There's going to be mountaintop experiences in our life. But listen, there's also going to be defeats. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be frustrations. But you see, not only is there going to be a cost of being a Christian, but not being a Christian, there will also be a cost. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the Greek word in this English verse here in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the word wages means a payment. And all of us are familiar with wages or payments, and most people, most of us work 40 hours a week at at least, and we have a job, and and we go to work every day, excuse me, we go to work every day, and we receive payment, if you would, or a, a wage for the work that we've done. We perform a task or a service, and we receive payment for it. You see, the payment we receive is determined by the cost or the value of the services or the work we perform. So according to Romans chapter number 6 verse number 23 Because of the wages of my sin Because of the wages Because of the payment of my sin And because of the wages of your sin You and I deserve to die I, I mean, we, we don't like to talk about that We don't like to acknowledge that this morning But the fact of the matter is It doesn't matter if you're old, young It doesn't matter if you're an American, non-American The truth is according to the word of God Is that because of our sin Because of the wages of our sin We deserve to die But the latter part of that verse says this, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Aren't you thankful that even though I deserve and even though that I've earned, even though the payment of my sin is death, that God loved me enough, that God loved me enough to give me eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Man, what a thought this morning. What a thought. But before we start outlaying all the, the expenses of everything and looking at All that God has for us. There's some truths that we need to understand from our passage this morning. There's some realities when we talk about counting the cost that we need to see from Scripture this morning and what God has for us. So I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter number 14 and kind of of bring you into this passage and the context of what's taking place here this morning. In our text this morning, Jesus Christ has just... I just left the home of one of the chief Pharisees. If you notice in chapter number 14, verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. (coughs) Now picture me, if you would. Jesus is obviously, he's in his earthly ministry at this point in time. And he's traveling around. We're coming to the latter part of the book of Luke. We're coming to almost the end, if you would, of Jesus' earthly ministry. And the Bible tells us in verse number 1 that Jesus travels into the house uh, of not just an individual, not just somebody on the way. But the Bible says, look what it says in verse number 1, the home of one of the chief Pharisees. And so in understanding this, the Pharisees were not the friends of Jesus Christ. No, no. The Pharisees were not the ones that were like welcoming Jesus in and saying, Hail, King. Hail, Messiah. Hail, uh, Thou art highly favored. No, no. The Pharisees weren't the ones that were standing along the streets and clapping and screaming and all excited and giving high fives and, and fist bumps, excited that Jesus was in their neighborhood. No, no. It's the exact opposite. And so in our text, we begin chapter number 14 with Jesus in the house of one of the chief Pharisees. And most likely, not just the chief Pharisee, but there were probably other Pharisees that were uh, that were in this house as well. And they were all sitting down and around, fellowshipping and eating with Jesus Christ. With a desire, listen, with a desire not to learn of the things of God. Not to, not to grow in their walk and their faith with God, but they desire to get Jesus to the point where they could, in a sense, be like, that's it. That's it. Man, guilty, guilty. We need to crucify we need We need to kill him. We need to arrest him. We need to get this guy off the streets. That was their goal. That was their objective. And so in verse number one, the Bible tells us that he sits there and he's, he's eating and he's fellowshipping with the chief Pharisees and, and obviously there's others around him. But in verse number two, the Bible says, and behold, there was a certain man before him which had droopsy. This was a disease that this man had where his his body would swell up with water beneath the skin. And so obviously on the outward side of things and looking at the man from an outward perspective, he did not look healthy. He did not look good. Uh, Probably most likely he probably stumbled around as he walked and as he moved. And and being able to use his arms and his legs was difficult. And there was was things that that this man obviously encountered in his day-to-day life that were very frustrating from a physical perspective. And so the Bible tells us that Jesus is sitting with the Pharisees and he's fellowshipping and he's eating and he notices this man here. Notice verse number three. And Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Jesus is watching this man and he's seeing the, the, the physical state that this man is in. And Jesus turns to the Pharisees and basically asks this question Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? This is the Sabbath day. We're holding to the customs of the Jews. They're holding to the Sabbath day. And so, man, is it lawful for me to heal on the Sabbath day? Then, notice verse number four. And they held their peace. They held their peace. These these Pharisees were sitting there and and being challenged by Jesus Christ and wanting and desiring to catch them doing something or saying something that would contradict the law and contradict religion, if you would. The Bible says they held their peace. They were speechless. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to respond to Jesus Christ. They, 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 they didn't know what to, to do. They didn't know... They were, maybe they were looking at one another. Maybe they were kind of elbowing the chief Pharisees saying, Hey dude, speak up. It's your house. Your responsibility. Whatever the case is. I don't know what takes place. But notice what the scripture says in verse 4. The latter part. And he took him, speaking of the man that was diseased, and healed him and let him go. Man, this is how Luke chapter 14 begins. And so from that verse, verse number 4, all the way down to our text, Jesus gives us a... Basically, he has this interaction between him and the Pharisees, and there's some conversation going back forth between him and the Pharisees, and there's parables that Jesus presents to the Pharisees. All in all, here's what Jesus is getting down to. Are you going to follow me for me? Are you going to love me for me? Are you going to be dedicated to me for me, <clears throat> So by the time we get to Luke chapter number 14, verse number 25, things have changed. Jesus has left the house of the Pharisees and he's begun to travel uh, up to Jerusalem. And look at verse number 25. It says, "And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, As I read verse number 25, I, I, I see here that, and there were great multitudes. You see, there was many that followed Jesus Christ for the benefits. No, no, <clears throat> follow me here. There's many that followed Jesus Christ for the benefits. There's many, there's many that wanted Jesus Christ just for the benefits. Think about it this morning. If you were sick and you were ailing and you had spent your fortune and spent all kinds of money, all kinds of time, all kinds of oils and, and, and spices and everything else to try to help you feel better and to be healed, and none of those things worked out, then you heard about Jesus just walking up and touching a man with leprosy and his leprosy being gone. You hear about Jesus and he, he, he's, he's, he's casting out demons and he's giving sight to the blind. He's raising up the dead. I dare say maybe maybe in and of ourselves selfishly thinking, man, I want, I want to be healed. I want what he has. I just need to be around Jesus Christ. Man, he can fix all my problems. He can fix everything about my life. So I'm sure there were some that were following Jesus simply for the benefits. But then there were some that were following Jesus because they hated Him. Well no. Listen. There were some that followed Jesus because they hated Him. There were some of those Sadducees and the Pharisees that hung around, that followed Jesus Christ, that continually, continually when you look through the Gospels. You see where they were trying to find Jesus, trying to find Him and trap Him, if you would, trying to get Him to say something or to do something that would contradict the law, that would contradict uh, the, the Scriptures, that would contradict their thought of what God wanted and what God intended. There are those that followed him for those reasons. But then there's those that followed him who had a heart's desire to learn from him. After Jesus left the home, in verse number 25, he notices as he's traveling up to Jerusalem that there's a great multitude. There's a great multitude that follows him. And he turns around and he talks to them. and he, He makes a statement in verse number 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You see, Jesus, in and of himself, was not speaking necessarily of salvation. That's not what he's talking about. He's speaking about discipleship. You see, salvation is the miracle of a moment, but discipleship is the process of a lifetime. True salvation is about a commitment, is, sorry, true salvation is about a commitment, a dedication to Jesus Christ. One commentator described this passage as such He said, The end, the master well knew, was very near in this portion of Scripture. And in full view of his own self-sacrifice, the higher and the more ideal were the claims he made upon those who professed to be his followers. He was anxious now at the end, clearly to make it known to all these that were gathered around, all these multitudes that were serving him, whether or not they were serving him with real significance or just for the benefits. He said entire self-renunciation, a real, not a poetic or sentimental, taking up of the cross, in reference in verse number 27 of our text, Even his own chosen disciples were yet a long way from apprehending the terrible meaning of this cross he spoke of, and which to him now bore so ghastly a significance. You see, for many people, it's easier to find an excuse than to be a real disciple. There were those that followed Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, if you would, has gotten to the point now toward the the latter end of his earthly ministry, and it's really starting to separate those who were true followers, those that were really dedicated, those that really wanted what God had, those that really wanted the spiritual freedom and the spiritual life that he had to offer. And so he says to them in verse number 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. It's as if you would that Jesus, uh, he just kind of lays it out thick, if you would, right off the back. He doesn't beat around the bush. He, he doesn't try to appease their appetite or appease or their self-will. No, and he's very blunt, very honest. And he says, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be one that truly follows me, there's some things that you need to understand. Verse 27, the Bible says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Here's what Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to really be my disciple, if you want to really truly be one of my followers, you've got to deny yourself, you've got to deny others, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. But hold up, before you do that, before you do that, you need to count the cost. You need to realize this morning that in order to follow me, what Jesus is Jesus saying, in order to follow me, there's going to be a cost. There's going to be some sacrifice that's going to be made. No, no, I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice on the cross of Calvary for salvation. No, no, I'm going I'm to take all a man's sin upon myself and, and shed my blood and bear the sin of all mankind and, and, and salvation is going to be free, offered up to everyone, everyone. But if you're going to follow me, there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost you have to pay. There's going to be a cost to really being a true disciple. There's going to be a cost to really being like Jesus Christ. Listen, and today, in 2022, can I say this, that... The cost for being a Christian, there's still a cost. There's still a cost for you and I to live a godly life. There's still a cost for you and I uh, to live a righteous life. There's still a cost that has to be paid for us to live for Christ. So really, to be honest with you this morning, it, you just got two points. Two points to the message, and that's it. Then we're done. Two points and a bunch of subpoints. Amen? Two points. Number one, what is the cost of being a Christian? The cost of being a Christian. If Jesus Christ would say here in this text... That we're to count the cost. What is the cost of being a Christian, brother Andrew? Jesus asked a very probing question here in verse number 28. For which of you, sitting not down first, counteth the cost? You see, in every area of life, we must consider the cost of our decision and the price of our choices. C.T. Studd said it like this. He said, if Jesus be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. I want to read that quote again. That was really, really good. He said, if Jesus be God and died for me, which he is God, and he did die for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. If we're going to be the Christians that God has called us to be, those who are blameless, those that are harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in this world, holding fast the word of life, there's going to be a cost to us living for Christ. So, Brother Andrew, what is the cost? If I'm to count the cost, what is the cost? I'm glad you asked. Here it is and give you a couple of things real quick. Here's the cost. Number one, giving up a life of sin. Giving up a life of sin. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter number two, verse number 13 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Listen, if you're going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you giving up a life of sin. No, no, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost us as a church giving up a life of sin. So, Brother Andrew, I'm not a murderer. Or I'm not a bank robber. Or I'm not a drunkard. Or I'm not a drug. No, no, listen. For all have sinned. For all have sinned. Listen, the mistake we make in entering 2022 is we want to label our sin. But the truth of the matter is, if we're going to be a real, true, genuine disciple and follower of Jesus Christ, we've got to count the cost. Here's the cost. Giving up a life of sin. Second Corinthians chapter number five, Paul would write to the church at Corinth. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and then he died for all, that they should live sorry, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Man, I'm thankful this morning that Jesus Christ died for my sin. I'm thankful this morning that Jesus Christ lived a perfect, holy, righteous life and bore my sin upon the cross of Calvary. Man, I'm thankful for that. I'm I'm thankful that Jesus, because of His death upon the cross of Calvary, I don't have to be a servant or a slave or entangled to a life of sin. But listen, it's going to cost. It's going to cost. If I'm going to truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost me a life of sin. And we look at life today in 2022 and all the things that are out there, all the pleasures and all the sin that we could get enamored with and all the the, the avenues and different things. Listen, it's going to cost us some things. It's going to cost us a life of sin. But then number two, it's going to cost us this. Surrendering our will to His. The attitude of our soul must be this. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Look at our text this morning. The Bible says in verse number 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his whole life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I want you to think for a second here as you read this text. This is a familiar passage of Scripture. Listen, Jesus Christ isn't saying that we're to hate our parents. That's not what Jesus Christ is saying. Listen up, teenager, young person. God's not. Jesus Christ isn't saying, listen, you ought to hate your mom and dad. That's not what Jesus is saying. That's not even implied here. But notice the latter part of verse number 26. Yea, his own life also. Yea, his own life also. Man, I, Brother Andrew, I, I really love God. Man, I have a walk with God. I have a desire. Man, I, have, man, man I, can, I can forsake. I can love less those around me and those things around me. But maybe our struggle this morning is this. Maybe our struggle this morning is not surrendering our own will to God's will. Jesus said this in the latter part of verse 26. Yea, his own life also. Let me ask you this something this morning. As we enter into 2022, and I know we're only two days into the new year. But how much do you love your life? How much do you love your life? You say, what do you mean, Brother Andrew? Is your focus entering in 2022? Hey, listen, it's my life. It's my life, my job, my family, my career, my money, my, 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 my. Listen, if you're going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you something, and it's going to cost you this, surrendering your will to God's will. What will it cost me to put Christ first in everything? Not just in my family, not just in my marriage, not just in my job or my career or my friendships, but what is it going to cost? Listen, what is it going to cost me to put Christ first, even in my own life and my own will and the desire God has for me? In Philippians chapter three, verse number seven, the Bible tells us this: "But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ." We know this is Paul writing to the church at uh, Philippi, and he says, "Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." Paul's like, man, I had everything. I, I, I could have had everything. You think about before Paul got saved, he had everything. I mean, his life was on a fast track. I mean, he had everything he could imagine. But yet, he realized this. He's going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. He had to surrender. Had to yield. Had to turn over his will. He had to count the cost, if you would, this morning. Turn over his will. Say, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. Then number three this morning, if we're going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, it's it's going to cost us separation from the world. We must bear our cross and go after him. Notice verse number 27. The Bible says, and whosoever, this is obviously Jesus speaking here. He says, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You see, we're in this world, but we're not to be of this world. And we should not, therefore, love this world. John would write in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, very familiar passage of Scripture, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Listen, we need to separate ourselves. We're really going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're really going to count the cost. We've got to separate ourselves from the world. Notice what our text says here in verse number 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know what, in verse number 27, when I read the part there that says, and come after me, you know what I read kind of in between the lines, if you would, just as I was reading it and studying it and kind of put in parentheses, if you would, it's just the fact that if I'm going to come after God, if I'm going to come after Jesus Christ, there's some things that I cannot come after. And that would be the world. You see, Jesus and the world are on opposite spectrums, if you would, this morning. Complete opposites. As far as left is, is from right. And if I'm going to come after Jesus Christ, if I'm going to be a real, true disciple of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to purpose to live my life after godly principles, and live my life with Him being in charge of my life, and live my life with His mind and His heart and His desire in focus, I'm going to have to deny the things and separate myself from the world. Listen, I cannot grab a hold of the world and grab a hold of God and try to let it like just kind of mesh it together and say, okay, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this Christianity work. No, no, listen, we're, we're living in a day and age where people want to take the world. They want to take society. They want to take sinfulness. They want to take pleasure and they want to add it in with the godliness and they want to add it in with spiritual things. It doesn't work that way. It won't work that way. There's got to be a separation from the world. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2 challenges us this. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Number four, we're talking about counting the cost of being a true disciple. If we're going to count the cost this morning, we've got to recognize that if we're going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, there's going to be some opposition from the world. John 15 verse 18 the Bible tells us this Jesus would say if the world hate you You know that it hated me before it hated you If you were of the world the world would love his own But because you were not of the world But I have chosen you out of the world Therefore the world hateth you Jesus would go on to say in John chapter Number 16 verse number 33 These things have I spoken unto you That in me ye might have peace In the world in this environment In this society in this culture You're going to have tribulation you're going to have pain. You're going to have frustrations. He says this, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, if you're going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, if I'm going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ in 2022, if I'm going to draw closer to Jesus Christ, if I'm going, to, my walk's going to be just so much more sweeter in 2022, I've got to realize, I've got to count the cost, there's going to be some opposition from the world. But then lastly, thinking about this, is I de- purpose and I desire, and I desire, and I desire to have that close fellowship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I've got to count the cost, and the cost is this too that there's temptation that will come. Temptation will come. 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter would pen these words Beloved, Think ye not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice in so much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you, and on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Listen, even Jesus Christ even Jesus Christ was tempted. You see, temptation is not sin, but yielding to temptation is sin. We must rely on the power of God. We must rely on that closeness with God. We must rely on that, that sweet fellowship, that discipleship, that, that, that nearness to God to get us over. Listen, to get us over the temptation, to help us to pass through the temptation in the sense of not giving in and yielding to the temptation, causing sin to creep into our life. But what about the cost of not being a Christian this morning? I mean, Brother Andrew, there, there's a cost, obviously, to being a Christian. And there's some things in my life, maybe looking at 2022 and coming into the new year, some things that maybe I need to adjust. Maybe some things that I need to work through. Maybe some things that, that I need some uh, some counsel. Or maybe some things I need to rededicate. Or, or maybe there's some a conversation I need to have with my spouse or with my children. Or maybe a conversation I need to have with my parents about my walk with God. Whatever the case is. But what if this morning you're sitting here watching via live stream and... The truth is, is that you're not a Christian. You're not saved. And so everything that I just said for the last 30 minutes or so, just kind of went in one ear and out the other. Like, it's no big deal, Brother Andrew. Like, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I'm not a child of God. I'm not a disciple of Jesus Christ. And and so when Jesus says these words here in, in Luke chapter number 14, and man, counting the cost, well, I'm not even saved. I'm not even born again. Like, it doesn't even make any difference in my life. But listen, there's a cost to not being a Christian as well. In verse number 28, Jesus says this, For which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? I want you to notice in verse number 28, Jesus kind of draws this picture, if you would. He says, For which of you intending to build a tower? I want you to think about maybe something you've built in life, and maybe something you've you've designed, or whatever the case is, and you've built it, and, and, and I think about different projects I've worked on, And I always have a tendency to to build it in my mind or build it on a computer screen or build it on an iPad or on a napkin or whatever the case is. And so I think this morning that even for those of us that are saved, we look at our life and we can look at the decisions we've made and the areas that God's spoken to our heart and the areas that God's challenged us. But I also think if you're watching this morning, you're listening this morning, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're building. You're building a tower. You're building a tower, and maybe you don't even recognize, you don't even know it this morning. But you are building a life. And there is a cost to not being a Christian. The business of a Christless life is an awful expensive one. Jesus would make this statement in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 8. Jesus said, For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, it's quite possible this morning that there could be a man or a woman... A boy or a girl that's watching via live stream, and in one sense, you've built this great tower. You've got a huge success in life. You've got a great career. You've got a great marriage. You've got a great life. You've got a great home. You've got good cars. You've got money in the bank. Whatever the case is, you, you have all this success in life, if you would. But in another sense, according to the Word of God, according to Scripture, you're living a life that ultimately is not worth living. The real question Jesus is asking here in this passage of Scripture is this. Where do we put our values in life? You see, it is possible for a man to put his values on the wrong things and to discover it too late. The late Bob Jones Sr. said this. He said, The greatest thought that ever occurred to me is that I must live somewhere forever. The greatest thought that ever occurred to me is that I must live somewhere forever. You see, there is a great cost of not being a Christian. So, say, what's the cost, Brother Andrew? Here's the cost And not being a Christian costs you the forgiving love of God the Father. John chapter 3, verse number 16, a verse that we're so familiar with. I mean, a verse that that everybody knows, the most googled verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, if you choose this morning, counting the cost, the counting the cost of not being a Christian, you miss out on the forgiving love of God the Father. You see, God loves the world, but to be saved, a man must believe in Him, Jesus Christ, and accept Him, Jesus Christ, as their personal Lord and Savior. God desires to save and to forgive all people, according to 2 Peter chapter 3. But it is not that God is unwilling to forgive, but He cannot forgive, because there are those that won't come to Him. There are those that continue to, to, to look at God, to look at the forgiving love of God, to look at John 3.16 and go, Ah, it's not that big of a deal, Brother Andrew. Uh, Pastor Marshall, Riverside Baptist Church, that's what you believe, it's not that big of a deal. Listen, there's a cost to not being a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's a cost to not being saved. There's a cost to not having that relationship with God. There's a cost to not being a Christian. Here's the second cost for not being a Christian is this, the saving power of the Son of God. In our text this morning... In chapter number 14, the first couple of verses there, we read of a man who who shows up on the scene and he's diseased. He's got an infirmament that, that that hinders him in his ability to live and to function. And obviously, this is a disease that that that's not that's not a, a not a hidden disease. It's not a blood disorder. It's not something that's contained where no one knows about it. I, I believe very very vividly as we're reading scripture here in the first four verses that the picture that the Bible gives us is that as this man is is amongst the crowd or in in the household, whatever the case is, uh, that, that obviously his disease is known. And Jesus calls out and heals the man. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, and they held their peace and he took him and healed him and let him go. I I don't know what all took place in verse number four other than the fact that Jesus showed up. Jesus took him. Jesus healed him. And he went on his way. I don't know the conversation. I don't know the, the interaction. I don't know if the man thanked Jesus. I don't know if the man began to cry. I don't know if the man began to jump up. I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. All I know is this, that Jesus Christ changed his life. Listen, if you choose this morning not to be a Christian, you're going to miss out on the saving power of the Son of God. I'm thankful for June 10, 1991 at West Charleston Baptist Church during Vacation Bible School. That God spoke to my heart. Now, he'd been speaking to my heart long before that time. Uh, going to church and, and moving back from England, from the UK. As my dad made a, a transition in the military to Nellis Air Force Base. And man, I just, I just could not run from God any longer. man. And I'm thankful that day, uh, that Tuesday morning during vacation Bible school. As I bowed my head and said, Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Man, the saving power of Jesus Christ. The saving power of the Son of God all in my life. Man, that was an awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Not experience. No, no. Awesome miracle that took place in my life. Praise God for it. But if I choose this morning, or if you choose this morning, if you choose this morning to count the cost and say, you know, the cost of being a Christian, it's not not worth it. It's just not worth it, Brother Andrew. You'll miss out on that saving power. Mark chapter number 2, verse number 10, Jesus would say this. He says, That ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, the Bible records these words. Wherefore, He is able to save them to the uttermost, that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. You see, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ came to save all people, but salvation is only possible to them that receive Him. Listen, this morning, if you're going to count the cost of not being a Christian, here's what else you're going to miss out on. You're going to miss out on the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 3, verse number 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I'm thankful this morning that because of my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because I am a Christian, because uh, I desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, because I endeavor to live godly, that there's a, there's a comforting presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. See, Brother Andrew, that's, that's not a big deal. Uh, well, I beg to differ. Have you not watched the news in the last year? I mean, let's think about not just the last year, but let's just think about the last two years. You got 2020, 2021. I don't know what 2022 is going to hold. I I have no idea what's going to take place in our government. I have no idea what's going to take place in the world. I have no idea what's going to take place uh, when it comes to health care, any of those things. I have no idea what's going to take place even in our own ministry here at Riverside Baptist Church. But you know what? I don't have to stress about that. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to get angry. I don't have to get violent. I don't have to get ah, blah, humbug. I don't have to do any of those things. No, no. I have the Holy Spirit of God that comforts me. I have the Holy Spirit of God that, that, that indwells me. And that when I'm struggling, when I'm down, when I'm frustrated, when I'm discouraged, when I'm looking at all the events that go on, when I log into to Facebook or to the Fox News or whatever, whatever, thing, whatever you look at, Twitter, whatever the case is, man, you look at all the negative, 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 and all the mess that's going on in this world, man, I don't have to let it affect me. I don't have to let it control me. But listen, this morning, if you've rejected Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you choose not to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you don't have that peace. You don't have that presence. You don't have that assurance. And those that are saved this morning, those that know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, can testify there's been times in their life where they did struggle. There's times in their life where it was very frustrating. There's times in their life where it very, felt very defeated and, and anxiety and, and just frustration. And the Holy Spirit of God, just as you go to God in prayer, just, just the calmness that God gives you. Man, I can think about my own life and my own ministry, times where God just challenged me and spoke to my heart and, 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 and just calmed my nerves. Listen... That Holy Spirit, that Holy Presence of God, the presence that God desires to have in our life, if we're not saved this morning, we're missing out on it. Count the cost. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But then lastly, look at this. How about this? The blessed hope of seeing Jesus Christ. If you're not saved this morning, and you say, well, I'm going to count the cost, it's just not worth being saved, it's not worth being a Christian, man, you're going to miss out on the blessed hope of Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 2, verse number 13, the Bible tells us this, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purified himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Paul would write this in the book of Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 20 and 21. Paul says, for our conversation is in heaven. For whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able He, uh, he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Listen, the lost person has no hope. The lost person this morning, the person who's rejected Jesus Christ, the person who's who, who has looked at uh, counting the cost and it says, just not worth it's just not worth living for God. It's just not worth being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's just not worth, it's just not worth the commitment. And it's just not worth it. Brother Andrew, uh, Pastor Marshall, God is just not worth it. Listen, you're going to miss out on the hope of Jesus Christ. Listen, counting the cost of not becoming a Christian. When you count the cost of not becoming a Christian, you recognize and realize this. It's ultimately not worth it. So let's kind of wrap this up this morning as we count the cost. Child of God, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you wholeheartedly sold out for Christ? No, no. Are you wholeheartedly sold out for Christ? Jesus said, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Are you wholeheartedly sold out for Christ? Are you worthy of the name Christian? The Bible exhorts us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. What about you this morning who maybe you've tuned in, you're watching or you're sitting with somebody who encouraged you to watch the service this morning. Maybe you're sitting there and you look at your life and you've counted the cost and you recognize this morning that you're not saved. You recognize this morning that truth be told, you've come into 2022 and kind of 2021 has just rolled right into 2022 and hasn't skipped a beat, and your life still is miserable, you still have no no joy, you still have some frustration, you still have anger, hatred. You're just so upset. But deep down inside, you recognize and realize that, man, I'm not saved this morning. Let me ask you this question. Can you afford not to become a Christian? Can you afford not to be saved? Can you afford not to to have that fellowship, that Discipleship, that reunion with God? The answer obviously is you cannot afford it. As we begin the new year, let's count the cost. Listen, I'm no, I'm no great Christian, no, uh, no great preacher, no great staff member, no great husband, uh, no great uh, uh, father, no great son, brother. No, I, I, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. But I've counted the cost when it comes to living for God. I've counted the cost and looked at what Jesus says for me to do. And guess what? It's worth it. I can honestly say going into 2022 that it's worth living for Christ. And those that have purpose, and those that have looked at their life, and those that have truly counted the cost and looked at the cost that, it, that God requires, that, that God challenges us with, man, they could also testify, yeah, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Listen, this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I hope, I hope, I hope that you'd reach out to somebody here at Riverside Baptist Church and find out for sure how you can know. We'll be more than willing to make a visit, take the Word of God, open the Scriptures up, and we're able to have church again come into service. That you can know for sure, know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. And then Christian, Riverside Baptist Church members, we get into 2022 and we get into the new year and we... Uh, Start kind of getting back in the swing of things Coming off of the the Christmas break And the New Year's break Listen are we really living For Jesus Christ Are are we a true disciple Are we those types of disciples That kind of follow from a distance And when Jesus turns around And confronts us with the cost Of living the Christian life We're kind of like Yeah you know I I don't quite want to make that cost I don't quite want to pay that cost I don't want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ. Let me challenge you just two days, two days into the new year. Let's make that commitment not only to count the cost but be willing to pay the cost for the cause of Christ. Father we thank you for this morning Lord for the privilege we've been able to open the word of God. And Lord I, I don't know who all was watching, who all was on live stream, whatever the case might be. Lord we just pray and ask that you would speak to hearts individually Lord, for those that are saved this morning as we begin this new year, the year that you've given us, Lord, thank you for the health. Thank you for the safety you've given us as we've as we've ventured into this new year. And Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have this year to make this year better than last year. Not, not from a financial perspective or necessarily from a health perspective, but from a spiritual perspective. Lord, as we come into this year, being able to kind of hit the reset button, if you would, and to re-gear our focus... Uh, into what you would have for us in our life and our walk with you lord i, I pray this morning that if we haven't taken some time in the last couple of days just to clear off a place and get alone with you and really to allow you to search our heart i pray that we do that this afternoon and then maybe maybe this morning god there's somebody who watched via live stream that they've been struggling in 2021 because all year long they've known that they were lost i think about those that got saved this last year and those that got saved in services and those that got saved at camp, those that, that visited Riverside Baptist Church and have since joined Riverside Baptist Church and recently got saved. and Lord, how their, their life has changed. <clears throat> Lord, even those that have struggled, struggled their whole life with knowing for sure that Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. Lord, we know this this morning, that you're still in the soul-saving business. We know that just because we've come into a new year doesn't mean you're done. Doesn't mean you stop. Doesn't mean that the mission and the objective of this local New Testament church has ceased. Lord, our objective and our goal is still to reach the lost world with the cause, the message, salvation of Jesus Christ. Lord, for those that watch maybe this morning that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, would you help them to reach out? Help them to have the Lord, the, the humbleness to seek out somebody that could take the word of God and show them how they can know for sure that heaven is their home. That Jesus Christ is more than just, Lord, more than just a, a phrase they read in their Bible. But that Jesus Christ be their Father. Lord, He be their Lord of their life. Help us this morning, God, just to give you the reverence and the honor to do your name for what you've done in our life. God, help us to count the cost. Help us to count the cost. And Lord, be thankful. Be thankful that you love us like you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.